0: Stuff. All right. Well, we're going to go back to where we were. I'm trying to figure out how I can do this. I'll make this stuff fall. There we go. That might work. That might work. Good deal. So go ahead and take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we want to finish up. We didn't quite get done this morning. And I didn't want to leave your car out of tune. So I figured we ought to come back and talk about our tune-up tonight. Tune-up to rev up. We didn't get that far. I did have an exit strategy. That's where I was going to exit in case I, I had a little bit too much spaghetti cooked. And so it did, and so we got that tonight, so I'm excited about that. You know, I, I realize I do have a lot of car stories, you know. Um, John was talking about one of his favorite cars is an AMX, AMX, and, um, and uh, uh, Danny Clayton has one. He has one in his garage, and he's had it for a long time, as a matter of fact. It's just a really, really, really cool car. And I said, I said to John, I said, well, my first car was an American Motors, a Rambler, and he said his was a Matador, is that right, John? A Matador. Anybody remember a Matador? Yeah, yeah. Well, mine, I don't know what kind of mine was, Carrie. It was about a 1960 or 61. And um, I told you this story before, but it's worth telling again because it's so cool. You know, I didn't, we were, again, we, you know, we were kind of poor, you know, growing up. And I didn't know where, I, I didn't think I'd ever get a car. And so my, my son, my brother-in-law and sister lived in Daytona Beach, and he was a mechanic kind of guy. And he bought this old Rambler. Now, what made this Rambler unique? Several things. Um, one, it was royal blue. Okay, with a yellow racing stripe. Yeah, painted with a paintbrush. Yeah, it, it had more bondo than metal, all right, and had no floorboards. So we just cut plywood, Todd, and put plywood in there. So being in the 70s, I went down to Sears and Roebuck, I remember, and bought me some bright flowery sun, uh, sunflower things and put those on the seat covers. You know, I mean, they were, I can remember, anything. Really you remember certain things. They were red uh, with blue flowers and yellow metal. Okay, but it was the 70s, so it was okay, you know? Now, now here's the deal. Had a rod knocking in the engine. Top speed was 35 miles an hour, okay? And boy, 35 miles an hour, it was, you know, just like that, you know? So that's just it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. One, I didn't have a car, then I got one, okay? And number two was, no one else in the youth group had a car. So, dude, I was popular, popular, boy, I would swing by around the church or go down to people's house and pick people up, and I was the most popular guy in church. So it may have been an old beat-up rambler, but it got the job done. I was a chick magnet. I was a chick magnet, me and my rambler, me and my rambler. But anyway, so I got, I I got lots of car stories, because uh, cars have always played, played a major role in my life. So we want to jump back in now and talk about talk about Tuning cars up. Now, back in the old days, you all remember these, you know, probably, if you're anything. Now, again, I don't know anything about cars. I'm not a mechanic or anything. But I do know back in the old days, when you did a tune-up, there were a couple parts of it. You may replace the distributor cap. They only have a distributor cap now, okay? And then inside the distributor were points. And that was the thing on a cam. And it would open and close, open and close, and open and close. And that's what made the, the thing fire. Okay, it had a coil, sometimes you replaced the coil, it had all that, all right? Um, and then of course the spark plugs and sometimes the wires. So you change all of that out when you did a tune-up. Totally different now. Totally different now. You know, mechanics today opened the hood and said, huh? you know, it doesn't look like anything like it used to, and don't run like anything it used to, that act like anything it used to do, okay? But for us older folks, we're gonna talk about how to tune up our lives. How to tune up our lives. Paul did such a great job in writing this, and he didn't know why I was going to preach on that 2,000 years later about engines. But you know the fact, again, we've got to be sure and check our oil. Okay, got to be sure um, and do that. Make sure we have gas in our tank. Okay, that's prayer. And then make sure we have water in our radiator. Make sure we've got those three things. Um, that are going. All of those three things are very, very important. So then we want to talk about how do we tune our lives up a little bit further? All right. And so Paul talks about this in one Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen. Now the first one is very, very important. Um, we don't hear a whole lot about it, but it's very important. And that's where Paul says these words: "Don't stifle the Holy Spirit, or don't stifle the Spirit." I um, think the King James: "Don't quench." the Holy Spirit. Well, what it means is the idea... I looked the word up to get the right definition. It means to suppress, to curb, or to withhold. So Paul tells them that do not do anything that might suppress or curb or withhold the Holy Spirit. Now, as Baptists, okay, we get nervous talking about the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's our best friend. Okay? When I was born again, and when you were born again... The Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. Uh, we do not believe the Bible teaches a second blessing. It teaches many fillings, but it teaches one baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that occurs when we are born again. He, the Holy Spirit is the regenerative nature that causes us to be born again. Okay. In fact, uh, Paul said in, in Corinthians, says, he who has not the Spirit has, has not, does not have him, okay? does not have God. So it's important you understand, you've got the Holy Spirit, and the idea is turning that Holy Spirit loose in your lives. But it appears from Scripture, and Paul's saying here, that there are certain things we can do that will quench the Holy Spirit, that will stifle the Holy Spirit. And, this, and I won't lie to you, this is kind of a, a deal, because God's greater than anything. So don't ever, don't even think, and anything I say tonight, that I'm saying that we're greater than God, because we're not. But the bottom line is, and I'm going to show you in Scripture tonight, The bottom line is the will of man can stifle the working of God. One of my greatest fears, you don't even know this, one of my greatest fears is during the invitation time. Because I I mentioned this before and I'll go ahead and mention it again tonight. You know, the invitation time is not time to get your keys out. The invitation time is not time for you to get ready to go to your car. The invitation time is the time for a lost man or someone who needs to make a decision to come down to the altar and either receive Jesus Christ or recommit their lives or pray about that. And our distractions, I fear, I fear, keeps that from happening. Mm -hmm. So just just remember what your mama told you when you were 12 years old. Hold still. Come on. Hold still. The invitation is not time to move or leave unless you're going to the altar. Unless you're going to the altar. And then also, you know, you know, we we sometimes we sometimes get on the kids about, you know, talking during church. Well, I got the news for you. They don't have a corner on the market. So you've got to be careful. You understand that there are people who are watching you. And by the way, I I plan on saying all this, but hey, I'm going to roll. Um, you know, people are watching your expression, you know, and if you don't like something and you're grimacing and stuff, you know, what if your neighbor's lost in seeing that? seeing that. So be real careful how you respond in, in a worship service because people are watching and we don't want to be guilty of quenching the Holy Spirit. Okay? We, we want to make sure the atmosphere is conducive to the working of the Holy Spirit. So so can we, can we stifle, can we quench the working of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to point to two scriptures tonight. One is Mark chapter 5 verse 15 through 17. I'll read that to you. This is the story of the a demonic man who Jesus and the land of Gadareans comes, okay, and heals him, okay, delivers him from this demon, and then the people show up and they find out what happened to their pigs, and, and you know, money trumps God in, in that culture. And so here's what happens. They, the people, came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid, okay? Those who had seen it described to them... What had happened to the demon possessed man, and then he told them about the pigs. The good news was the demon possessed man, okay, was was not demon possessed anymore. That helped their property values, okay, but the pigs were gone, and they were all mad about that because that was their income, okay? And here's what he said Then they began to beg him to leave their region. Now I know this is Jesus in the flesh, but he's still God. Amen? And so you know what Jesus did? He got the boat. He left. And I don't ever want us to be in a situation where our attitudes or actions are in a way telling God not today. Let's make sure we guard that so that we never tell Jesus to get in the boat. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? We will be careful that we don't ever tell Jesus to get in the boat. But here's one even more specific um, than that. It's just a chapter over in Mark chapter 6. Okay, this is even more specific. Listen carefully as I read it to you. So he left there, Jesus, he left there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things? They said. What is this wisdom that has been given to him and how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And so they were offended by him. Okay, that's the setup. Now listen. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his household. He was not able to He was not able to do a miracle there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he was amazed at their unbelief. I want Jesus to be amazed at Dorisville. I don't want him to be amazed at our unbelief. Amen? And then he goes, he was going around to the villages, and he was teaching. So it's very important then that we make sure that we never quench. And by the way, that doesn't happen just in worship. It can happen in your family. It can happen on your witness on the job. It can happen in your quiet time. Make sure that we do not stifle and we do not quench the Holy Spirit. Now, tying in with the car idea, you know, there's one thing you've got to do when you're tune up, and that is you need to be sure and change your air filter, Angie. Now, you go home and tell Tim... To check your air filters. Okay, now the air filter, of course, is what allows the air to come into the engine. All right, and it mixes with the fuel with a spark, with a spark plug, and when that gas or that gas and air come together in a rich environment, the spark plug fires, and explosion occurs. That's what you want. Okay, take away the air, and the engine doesn't run. Take away the gas, and the engine doesn't run. So it's important the engine gets air, okay? When we stifle the Holy Spirit, we cut off the air supply. We cut off the air supply. And a dirty filter, now if you've got the worship app out, okay, you've got a picture there, okay? So if you want to open real quick, go to your Bible app and go to the lines over here where it says more, click on advance, open up, go halfway down, and you'll see a picture there of a dirty air filter, okay? And, you know, things clog filters, Okay, Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, here's what Paul writes. He says, don't, and he, a little bit different verbiage, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So, in Thessalonians, he says, don't quench or don't stifle the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is hugely important. The Holy Spirit is hugely important. Don't undersell the Holy Spirit. Don't undersell the Holy Spirit. Now, here are some things that will clog up the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice something. In this particular list, it's not the ones like adultery and things like that. Look at what he lists there in in Ephesians 4.31. And And these are things that can happen in church. That's why it concerns me. Let all bitterness. Have you ever come to church bitter before? Bitter about God or bitter about your culture or bitter about the person sitting next to you or bitter at the preacher? Might as well throw me in the pot. I get bitter y'all. No, I didn't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let all bitterness. Anger. You ever come to church angry? You ever get angry? You ever get angry at your husband, your wife, your kids? And wrath. It's like a step up. We're going to ratchet it up. Rath? Shouting. And that is not Holy Ghost shouting. Can I have an amen? Not Holy Ghost shouting, okay? And slander, talking about your neighbor, gossiping, let all that stuff be removed from you. And then Paul says, for good measure, all malice. So those are things that clog your air filter. Those are things that can happen, it, it can happen anywhere. You know, it can be in church, it can be in your family home. These are things that will stifle and quench the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, are you hearing me tonight? I'm worried you're just you're just going, well, we're done, you know, morning. Now we're here for the night. Let's get her done. You know, hear this. It's hugely important. The Holy Spirit's our guide, and He's our counselor, and, and He's our strength. Okay? So we don't want Him stifled. Okay? So these things will clog your air filter up. Okay? Then, what will... What will Flow three, flee, free. What will flow free from the filter, through the filter? Okay. Well, let's look. Verse thirty-two, and notice the word verbiage, and be kind. If you ever wonder, you know, here's what you don't. <laughs> Paul says it this way in Colossians three. You know, here's what you don't wear to church. Okay. You know, I know. I know. Jim Lindsay told me this morning. He said, Kathy said I didn't match, but you have got the same colors on I do, so we're okay. <laughs> We're spot on, okay? So, so here's what you don't wear to church. You don't wear bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting, slander, and malice. If You, you just take them off, okay? Here's what you do wear, okay? You wear kindness. Bring, bring your kindness to church. Bring your, kindness. bring your compassion to church. Be compassionate one toward another, Paul says. Um, this is the biggest one, forgiving one another. So when someone messes and you know, gets in your messiness, okay, and you get mad at them, you know, Paul just says, forgive them. When your wife gets in your messiness, forgive them. When your husband gets in your messiness, forgive them. When your best friend gets in your messiness, you forgive them. Because we're not perfect. We mess up. Boy, y'all supposed to say amen about right then, We preachers feel comfortable when you say amen right there. Amen? amen. Forgive. Forgive. And, and he goes on and says, just... <laughs> Paul... Just as God, in case you need a motivator, okay, just as God also forgave you in Christ. So, if you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, you do thirty-one. If you want the Holy Spirit to work free in your life, you want your filter to flow freely, you do verse thirty-two. That's your tune number one. Okay, don't stifle, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, you have no right not to forgive. You have no right not to be compassionate. You have no right not to be kind. That's what Paul says. And you should never be bitter, anger, wrathful, shouting, slander, and malice. Okay? Got it? All right, I want you to go and check your air filter. By the way, I guess you could apply this to the air conditioner. Tell, tell him to check your air conditioner filter, too, while he's at it. Okay? All right. ain't yeah, wine, sad. Okay? All right. Here's number two. Tune up item number two. Tune up the rev up number two, and we're going to talk about the Gages and the Edithites. Here's what Paul said in First Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21. He says, Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Now, Now, again, if you're from a different era, well, it all depends on your car, too. If you have a really, really nice like muscle car or something, you've got the Gages. But back in the old days, Mama T., you know, I remember. I remember. I had a Volkswagen. Okay. See, I told you, I had a lot of cars. That's my first new car, 1973 a Volkswagen Super Beetle. Okay, 27.95. 27.95. So I wanted to be cool. So I put me some gauges in it. You know, the kind of Tim that hang under the dash. And of course, you had oil, and you had amp, and you had temperature. The well, only problem was, where's the engine in a Volkswagen? Yeah, it's a long way back there. Trust me, okay? And when you're running an oil line from your deck, because that's how you did it. You hooked the oil line up to the engine and ran to this gauge. That's a long way to run an oil line, and you don't want it to leak. You don't want it to leak, okay? So, So I may not like what the meter said, so I shouldn't shoot the messenger, all right? But sometimes it told me I had an engine problem. Sometimes the oil pressure was low. Sometimes the voltage was low. Sometimes the engine was hot, okay? So we shouldn't despise those kind of things. And then they came out with idiot lights. You know, they did away with the gauges, and then a red light comes on if your oil's low, and red light comes on if your alternator. And I remember they called it idiot lights because they're stupid because by the time they come on, it's too late. It's too late. That's why they call them idiot lights. Okay. So, so we should not, okay, despise what the gauges say. In our sense, we should not listen, listen, listen. We should not despise what the Word of God says. We should not despise what the Word of God says, okay? I wrote down, we despise the Word of God when we ignore it. Oh, we do that so well. You know, if there's something that's going good in our life, we're, whoo-hoo, man, we're just hoo-hooing and all that stuff because we're doing it. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit or, or Dwayne or whoever's preaching or in your quiet time speaks on something that's not happening in your life, and you get real quiet. No hoo-hoo going on, Okay? So sometimes we choose to ignore the Word of God, what it says. Um, sometimes we disobey blatantly the Word of God. You know, God's Word says directly to do something, as in forgiving one another. just says, God also forgave you. You know, directly speaks and says, we've got to forgive, and we just disobey. We just do it. Okay? And sometimes we, you know, we distort the Word of God. We claim promises that aren't ours to promise. We take verses out, totally out, totally out of context. Every preacher I knows, you know is, I'm sure I do it too often, is I pull something in the wrong way, you know? We distort the Word of God. You know, Paul says, don't despise prophecy. Don't ignore, don't disobey, and don't distort the Word of God. Now, again, if you've got the graphic out, you've got the, the worship event out, you'll see a cool graphic there, um, and it shows a dashboard, okay, with the check engine. How many of you all hate the check engine light? Yeah, I do. I really do. You know what I think the whole purpose of the check engine light is? To get you to go to the dealership. I mean, I think they have a little timer thing in there, and it mashes the button, the old check engine like that, and you go in They want $45 to read it, and who knows how much to fix it. Okay? I'll tell you a secret. Brent told me this AutoZone. Go to AutoZone, and they'll read your light. Here's what he's going to tell you I can't mash this button and reset your, your engine light, but you can. Go to AutoZone. All right? It's good. It's good. So that graphic says boldly, stupid engine light. Can I have an amen? Amen. I hate it. You know, if you leave your gas cap off, you know, the, the check engine light comes on. If you leave your door open, the check engine light comes on. If you wake up in a bad mood, your check engine light comes on. I mean, whatever, you know, anything in the world can set your engine light on, okay? Stupid engine light. But here's what I wrote on that graphic. That's okay, when you're talking about the check engine light, but never say that about the Word of God. Never treat the Word of God lightly. Never treat the Word of God like it's the Reader's Digest or your favorite romantic novel. The Word of God is the Word of God. It's to be admired. It's to be loved. It's to be respected. It's to, it's to, be, it's to be obeyed and used. To be used. Okay. So, so again, we've got these we've got these um, lights that come on. You know, thankful to the warning, don't treat the Word of God lightly. Now, in Psalm 1, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Scoffers and mockers, okay, distort the Word of God. Scoffers and mockers despise prophecies. And while while, you are, while while they are scoffing and mocking, verse 2 says this, but his delight, the man following God, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So while your buds and your friends in the world is mocking, you've got to be sure you're meditating. You've got to make sure you're meditating on the word God. It's huge, guys. I'm telling you, it's huge. If I've learned anything in 66 years, um, I've learned the importance of Scripture and making sure you have time to read it. I'm just telling you, it's important. Let me tell you what happens. I've been a Christian now for 47 years, I think it is. Okay? Every time I'm not faithful in my quiet time, my life goes south. Every time. Every time. Not just my day, my life. So it's important that we Get in the Word and we have that quiet time with God. Okay? It strengthens us, it tunes our life up. It tunes our life up. All right? So be sure, read the Owner's Manual. Be sure and read the Owner's Manual. Okay? Now let me just read you. Psalm 119 is an incredible Psalm. It's it's like a zillion verses long, and it talks a lot about the Word of God. Here's here's some verses that just remind us of the importance of the Word of God that we don't despise it. Lord, your word is forever. Your word is forever. Um, it, is, it is firmly fixed in heaven. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5.18 that he, came, he didn't come to destroy the law, he came to fulfill the law. And he said not one jot or one tittle, the two smallest things in the, in the Hebrew library, will not pass until the law is fulfilled. Lord, your word is forever. It's firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness is for all generations. You establish the earth, and it stands firm. Your, your judgment stand firm today. For all things are... I like this. Listen, listen. All things are your servants. Speaking of God. All things are your servants. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts. For you have given me life You know, Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I give you are spirit and they are life. Folks, we need the word of God. We need the word of God. The last thing, our last thing to tune up and rev up is found in verse 21, the second part, and verse 22. Here's what Paul writes. Hold on, hold on to what is good. Stay away from what is evil. That's just good practical advice, isn't it? Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Okay? So it's important then that in our lives, in, in our in our spiritual engine, we always have the right thing and not always the fluff thing. I mean, have you ever seen people who um, don't take care of their cars, but they'll have everything possible attached to it? You know, they'll go around and get fuzzy, di- fuzzy dice on the on the thing and a rat tail on the, kind of like Terry's red car. Uh, <laughs> kind of like that car. <laughs> Just kidding because you know the era. You know the era. You know. Do you remember Terry when we were growing up and of course you're a little bit older than me, okay? Uh, but you ever have a, a the ball on top of the antenna? Did y'all do that up here? No, I've got the, uh, uh, dice. Oh my. Yeah, I knew you had the dice. I, that's why. I put that. Yeah, Well, can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? I'm making fun of your dice. (laughs) But Anyway, no, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, you know, WAPE Radio, 690, okay, the rock station there in Jacksonville, gave away orange balls, and you put them on, you got it? You got it? You put them on top of your antenna, and then if they pulled you over, you won a big prize, okay? So everybody had these orange balls, okay? We had all the fluff. Now, you may not change your oil, and your car may be dying, but you had the fluff. You had the flood. So we've got to hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Now, now let me, let me give you an example. I think this works. I'm not sure. You tell me after if it worked or not. Okay? Um, so, so last year, um, it was time for a vehicle, and Gene and I bought um, a 2014 Jetta. Okay? And intentionally, it was diesel. Um, gets like 44 miles to the gallon and should run forever. Okay? Um, so, so anyway, so we had that one, and then I liked her so much, I, we traded again, bought another 2015, and so we now have two diesel cars, okay, so it's kind of cool, so you pull up to the gas station, and you look for the green handle, okay, you look for the green handle, now BP on the other hand, bless their hearts, all their handles are green, thank you BP, we appreciate that, (laughs) okay, so, so anyway, so you pull up there, and so I pull up at Walmart, okay, in my Passat, and I was going to put diesel in there, and, and, you know, so I'm, I'm about ready to pump it, and the lady jumps out and says, No, 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 that's diesel! I said, Yes, ma'am, it is, and I have a diesel car. We're okay. We're okay. Now, for her, diesel was really bad. But for me, it was really good. Hold on to what God has given you that's good in your life, and let it go. James, James 4.17, To him that knows to good and does it not, to him it's sin. So if something in your life is right for you, praise the Lord. But if God tells you something's wrong in your life, don't. Don't. You know, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.10, now this is just an introduction, okay, the first verse, so don't panic. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Now that's the intro, because here's what he says. But as for you... O oh, man of God, woman of God, as for you, flee these things. Flee these things. Pursue righteousness. Do you see that? Run away from what's bad. Pursue what's good. Okay? Flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. So there are some things in your life. As you, as you tune your engine up, God's going to say no to some things in your life. And God's going to say yes to to some things in your life. It may not be the same things for me. Now, God's never going to tell either one of us to sin. Okay? But there might be some things, He says, Dwayne, that's not good for you. Okay? Don't do that. And then in your life, He may say, That's fine. That's fine. So, hold on to what's good. Flee from what's bad. That leads us to our final scripture tonight, which is the ultimate bumper-to-bumper warranty. The ultimate. You want a good warranty. Amen? Amen? I mean, you want a good warranty. That's just a big deal. It really is. Now, I I'm, I'm, won't make a big deal of this because of time, but in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and 24, the last part is what I want to give you, but the rest of it is good. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Totally set you apart for God. Amen. Totally set you apart for God. May he do that. And may your spirit, whole spirit, and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's just good news. Okay? But here it is. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. That's the kind of warranty. Mom, that's the kind of warranty. I don't care what, listen, have you forgot, I don't care what, the salesman promise you. Okay? It's what they'll do. It's what they'll do. And God's word says, He who called you is faithful. He'll do it. You can trust God. When you don't understand, you can trust God. When you got questions, you can trust God. When things are dark, you can trust God. You can trust God. So keep your engine, do the routine maintenance on, like we heard this morning, then... Tune up the rev up to be strong as God wants you to be strong. I cannot tell you enough, guys. We're starting 2020. This is on week number two. I cannot tell you the importance of the Word of God. I can't tell you the importance of prayer. It's just huge, guys. It's just huge. God has paid the price for our victory and then given us the Holy Spirit to live out that victory. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bow our heads. Well, Father, I sure thank you for the privilege of sharing tonight. and God, I do thank you tonight for your word. Help us not to ignore it or distort it. Father, help us not to deny what it is. Father, put a urgency in our hearts and hunger for the word of God. Father, do teach us to pray constantly. Father, it would be a great thing if every person here, we develop that habit, Where every time there's a crisis, we just instantly speak in prayer. Every time there's a victory, we instantly speak in prayer. Just as we breathe without thinking, may we learn to pray without thinking. Not to the content, but Father, it's just second nature for us to pray. I want to thank you, Father, for this good day you've given us. And if there's some unfinished business we need to do tonight, I want to pray, Father, you'll speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name.